You're listening to Radio MD. She's a chiropractic holistic physician, best-selling author, international speaker, entrepreneur, and talk show host. She's Dr. Suzanne Bennett. It's time now for Wellness for Life Radio. Here's Dr. Suzanne. Breast cancer genes 1 and 2, or for short, BRCA1 and 2, are the most well-known genes linked to breast cancer risk. Now, BRCA1-2 mutations can be passed to you from either parent and can affect the risk cancers uh, in both men and women. But did you know that approximately 15% of women with ovarian cancer have a BRCA gene mutation as well. Now today we have Heather Sultzbeck, an advanced oncology nurse practitioner from New York University Langone Arena Oncology is here today and she's going to bust some myths and provide some truths about the BRCA gene. Thanks so much for being here on Wellness for Life, Heather. Can you share with our audience some of these myths that you are, are constantly dealing with regarding the BRCA gene? Sure. One of the most common myths is that testing is only needed for those with a family history of a BRCA positive status. And the fact is that family history alone and and just age at diagnosis are poor predictors of whether or not you have the BRCA status in ovarian cancer. We actually miss many patients with ovarian cancer if we base it just on family history because almost half, 47%, of patients with BRCA history, BRCA positive ovarian cancer have no significant family history of ovarian or breast cancer. Well, that's actually really important because when you think about it, uh, why wouldn't every woman test out for the BRCA gene? I mean, when you're when you're really thinking about, okay, let's take a look and see how can we minimize, um, you know, the aggression of the the cancers, um, you know, and how can we actually even help our future generations? Uh, why not do it sooner than later? Exactly. We now have, you know, strong bodies of knowledge such as ASCO and NCCN guidelines and. Uh, Society of Gynecological Oncology, the SGO, which which states that, that all patients with ovarian cancer must be tested for BRCA1, BRCA2. Uh, so genetic genetic testing has never been more important in a diagnosis with ovarian cancer. Because we really you can guide some... different treatments. Knowing the status helps treatment choices, such as the type of chemo and use of approved drugs specifically for those with BRCA-positive disease. Well, you know what I, you know, studying a, a bit about the BRCA1 and 2, uh, you know, getting ready for our show, I found out that, boy, 10%, up to 10% of the Ashkenazi Jews, Jewish people actually have the BRCA1 gene, which then, that's yeah. actually, I believe, the highest level of the prevalence when it comes to the individuals, the U.S. women, I'm talking about women here in America, um, that is actually in the ethnicity group, uh, it's really high. So those are the individuals that I would first say, you know what, let's go and get this BRCA gene checked out. Exactly. We We know that Ashkenazi Jewish heritage are, you know, strong carriers and even, you know, Family history is a red flag. You know, men with breast cancer are to low risk, less than 1%, but that's a red flag. Uh, ovarian cancer is a red flag. And like I mentioned, just basing it on 
family history alone misses a lot because almost 50% do not have the history. And we know now that 15% of patients with ovarian cancer have this BRCA mutation. So it's really important for the, the genetic testing. And it, it's, it's, it's quite easy to get patients tested. Right, right. I definitely want to talk about that in the in, in a little while. But you know, knowing that, um, the, so the risks the risks are, of course, um, if you're in the Mediterranean group of individuals, Hispanics also are higher rates. I'm Korean, and and it's really low in the Asian Asian American population, less than one percent. Right. Yes. Yes, but we have guidelines to support, you know, I, I see, you know, patients and I also teach and we now have these guidelines that are saying all patients, regardless of family history, regardless of age, regardless of, of ethnic background, um, but, but you're correct, yes, Ashkenazi definitely, you know, higher and, and Asian Americans have a lower, but just a history, um, just a diagnosis alone is, is really reason to kind of get get tested speak have have your listeners speak with their physicians and and really drive drive be proactive with the variants Absolutely. We need to definitely be proactive because uh, we do know that, you know, ovarian cancer is one of those silent cancers. You really can't tell. I mean, some of the symptoms that come up, you know, you having bloating um, in, in your abdominal area, uh, you know, having f- fatigue and, and things like that. Those are just common. A lot of us feel it all the time. You know what I mean? So what age group do you think... What age group do you think we should start doing the testing? Well, we we don't really have screening a screening tool for ovarian cancer. We have we have a colonoscopy for colon cancer. We have a, a prostate, you know, different different exams that we could do. We don't really have one tool for ovarian screening. So just having you know being diagnosed, they should be tested. Um, we, we mentioned, you know, I'm glad, Dr. Bennett, that you brought, you know, you brought up the silent uh, symptoms of ovarian cancer, which makes it so difficult to treat because a lot of these cases are being picked up in more advanced stages uh, because it really, you know, very vague symptoms, bloating, GI uh, problems, especially in a postmenopausal woman who may just think that it's kind of normal and self-treat with you know, gas medications and things like that, but really having an annual checkup, because mentioned before, we don't have a screening tool, but really if someone, if we know someone has a genetic background, we can increase the screening and surveillance. And, you know, so there's not, every year a woman should have, you know, because a pap smear only really tests for cervical cancer. It's not going to get up to the ovaries. So just having it, like you said, being proactive, having a good relationship with the gynecologist and, you know, knowing family history, you know, regardless, would, would help to increase surveillance. Right. We only have a couple of minutes, but, you know, the one thing that I 
uh, tell my patients, and and of course this is what I do myself when I go to my gynecologist, is I actually want an intravaginal ultrasound. A lot of the you know the hands-on doing a pelvic exam uh, manually to me is just not enough. Heather, I find that the intravaginal uh, ultrasounds are so much more, um, you know, diagnostic for the ovaries to see the health of the ovary, the size of the ovaries. If you have any cysts on the ovaries, things like that. Um, Do you suggest that as well? For sure. I mean, we, we, you know, the, the, the pack will only really tell us about the cervix and we don't have adequate screening for this disease. So knowing the family history is important because we can increase awareness and surveillance because but there's not one tool, but yes. Yes, I do agree. Great, thank you. You know, tell me, um, tell us before you leave, which website do you want us to direct people to for them to learn more about ovarian disease? So it's myocjourney.com. And your listeners will learn everything they need to know about getting genetic testing done. It's also just a really highly informative website about understanding the diagnosis, managing side effects. You know, Dr. Bennett, like you mentioned, what to speak to your physician about, when to start getting tested. But really, that all patients with ovarian cancer should have genetic testing. Speak to their physician. All right. Thank you, Heather. Thanks so much for bringing great information. This is Dr. Suzanne Bennett sharing natural strategies here on Wellness for Life on Radio MD. Mm-hmm.